Fellow fabricators, stone shop owners from across the fruited plain, this is the Fab Lab Podcast. And I am your host, Aaron Crowley. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so glad to be tuning in with you for another episode here on the Fab Lab Podcast, talking about the business side of stone fabrication and talking more specifically about leading indicators. If you listened to the last episode, my conversation with economist Eric Post from ITR Economics, you'll know we had a great discussion just really encouraging information, data, forecasts coming out of that firm, kind of helping to put the current events, putting the news cycle into perspective, getting a better gauge on what you know we should be really paying attention to and what the future is likely to hold for those of us in the construction-related industry, like stone fabrication. Some Eric said, he mentioned, uh, I guess it was a term more than a phrase, but he mentioned the term leading indicators at one point in terms of the data that they study to develop their models for forecasting. Not that they are predicting what's going to happen, but based on historical analysis of that data and things that have occurred after the fact, they can run pretty accurate scenarios of what is likely to occur in the next year, two years, three years, so on and so forth. And so I want to talk about leading indicators, but much more specifically, as opposed to broad economic indicators, I want to talk about specific indicators within a stone business and why it's so important. And so today we're going to talk about the fact that leading indicators give us time to prepare. They give us an advanced warning, if you will, so that we can make adjustments to the business that will ultimately preserve the profitability of our companies. Now, why is that so important? Well, (laughs) a business exists for a variety of reasons, but it must turn a profit. And the reality is sometimes we as business owners, in particular small business owners, in particular, in particular, small business owners of stone shops can be so overwhelmed with the here and now getting the sale, getting it on the schedule, getting the slabs returned, or I should return, <laughs> that happens, getting the slabs delivered and, and maybe returning the slabs that are defective, getting them fabricated, installed, serviced, and then collecting on that so that the payments can be made and the business can run and continue to be successful, not to mention all the opportunities that are presented to us that we might need to make adjustments to the business to take advantage of. A lot of stuff is just like right here in our face. It's here and now making it difficult sometimes to see those blinking lights. Perhaps they're blinking lights of opportunity, but perhaps they're blinking lights of concern, potential danger. And if we don't build into our businesses our own leading indicators that will flash when appropriate and get our attention to say, hey, yeah, you've got a lot of really, 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 really urgent and really important work to do today, but... Some things are happening. You may want to start paying attention to some other factors and start considering some other events that may be unfolding and making preparations so that you can make adjustments to the business to remain profitable even in the event that things turn down or things turn sideways or things turn up so that you can take advantage of them. And so it's just critical that we understand both perspectives, the here and now and the long-range future. And so as I was thinking about this leading indicator, I want to talk today about quote volume because I believe it is the crystal ball. It is telling a story. And if you are tracking it, if you are keeping track of it, if you are assembling that data in a consistent manner over time, that quote volume will begin to tell you a story. Now, the reality is quote volume 
in quotes, precedes sales. And you got to sell the job before you can have it on the schedule. And what's on the schedule and what's produced in the calendar month is what actually turns the profit. And so when you reverse engineer that back and you understand that, you know, what is the typical sales cycle in a countertop shop? In our old fab shop, it was about two months. What was being quoted today typically was being installed two months from now because it typically, you know, you take two, three weeks before somebody would finally make a decision and then another couple of weeks before they get their material selected and then another few weeks before you actually get them on the calendar. It's about a two-month on average, sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but it is a two-month blinking light leading indicator that is actually telling us what our production schedule is likely to be two months down the road. So if you've got a backlog that's two months, great. You've got your labor costs synced up with your current sales so that you can profitably deliver on those sales, keep those promises, install the job, and get paid. But wouldn't it be nice to know two months in advance if things are starting to slide, things are starting to move, things are starting to soften, perhaps? Now, Eric was very clear. He thinks the next couple of years is going to be really solid. A lot of good economic underlying data to suggest that the next couple of years is going to be solid may not the same may not be the same kind of growth that we've had the last couple of years but it still looks positive it looks like it's going to continue an upward trajectory which is perfect timing to be talking about building a quote volume leading indicator system in your business because at some point cycles occur it's just a matter of time before the stock market truly corrects itself There are economic cycles that just happen over and over and over again. You've got periods of great growth, you've got periods of stagnation, and you've got periods of decline. So this is a practice that has extreme value to you down the road. The sooner you begin tracking your quote volume and your close ratio, the more data you will assemble, the more patterns will develop, and the more predictive that quote volume will be, making it vastly more useful to you as a business owner, giving you time to make adjustments to the business so that you can preserve profitability. So we're going to talk about that today. We're first going to talk about what is most commonly referred to, what do most business owners default to in terms of getting their (laughs) economic forecasts, their leading indicators. And then we're going to talk more specifically about how keeping track of your current quotes will be the single most important predictive leading indicator in your business. But before we get there, I want to mention a word from our sponsor. As we're talking about making adjustments to your business to preserve profitability, might I let the exclusive sponsor of the Fab Lab podcast, No Lift Install Systems, make a point here. If you want to make adjustments to your install department that will preserve profitability, you need to check out the No Lift Install System today. The reality is, If you have individuals picking up, loading, lifting, carrying, walking backwards up steps into doorways, down hallways, and into kitchens to set those awkward-shaped 3CM counters onto cabinets, it's just a matter of time before the cumulative effect of that lifting is going to wear those installers out. If you don't do anything differently, the undeniable fact and I'm speaking from experience, is that eventually those highly skilled installers of yours are not going to be able to do that anymore. You're either going to have to send extra labor into the field to help them get those countertops in, which reduces profitability, or you're going to potentially lose one or many of those highly skilled installers, which really affects profitability. So if you want to preserve 
the profitability of your installed apartment. If you want to break fewer countertops, if you want to get more countertops in with fewer man hours, while at the same time greatly reducing the wear and tear on your installers, get a no-lift system today. Check out noliftsystem.com, reach out to one of their sales pros, and figure out where the no-lift would make the biggest impact in your business. That's noliftsystem.com. So now back to this topic, leading indicators. The first and probably most common indicator is the global news. It is, it is the news in general, if you will. We hear all of these messages, and, and what's really interesting about that, the news a lot of it's economic. They're always talking about economics. But the problem with using the news for whether or not the economy is going to be improving, the economy is going to be declining, the problem with that is that it is agenda-driven. No matter which side of the aisle you're on, no matter which side of the aisle the news source is on, the fact is it's going to be distorted. And we as business owners need reality, not shaded, agenda-driven opinion about what's likely to happen. You see, the self-interest on either side of the aisle is going to shape even the economists that they have on to talk about the economy. If you've got a certain side that's in power, the other side is going to bring on economists that are going to say things are terrible, things are horrible, things are going to get worse. Why? Well, because we need to change who's in office. The best way to change who's in office is to create dissatisfaction with those who are in office so that the change can be made and the other group can take power. Same thing is true on the other side. The party in power, the side that's in power, is going to paint a much rosier picture on events. Oh, no, it's great. We want to continue what's going on. There's nothing wrong here. There's nothing to see here. And in a lot of ways, there's probably truth to both sides. But it's distorted. And depending on which we are listening to, no matter whether we agree with them or not, it isn't giving us an accurate picture. It's agenda-driven opinion analysis. They will bring on guests that support the underlying opinion, and we don't get the full picture. And so, in one sense, it's it's skewed. We're never going to get a true reflection of what's really going on, much less what is likely to happen because there's an agenda underneath it. The other aspect of the news in general is that it's so general. The economy is huge. Construction, home building, stone fabrication is such a small percentage of the overall economy. There can be certain sectors in the economy that are doing great. And construction could suffer. And the reverse of that is true as well. I remember back in 2000, I'd been in business about two years at that point, And the dot-com bubble burst. And we went into a recession. My business never felt it. I was hearing all about recession and decline and high tech was in danger and the dot-com burst. It was like, we never had so much work in our life and it just continued to grow. And so when you listen to the global, the general news, it's distorted and it doesn't give us accurate information in terms of what's going on within our industry, much less what's going on in our specific business. So let's talk about our industry. That's the next most common source, if you will. That businesses go to to find out what's going on, to validate. Hey, is what's going on with me going on with you? Because if it's going on with you, it probably means it's okay. At least I'm not alone, right? <laughs> you know? And so it's interesting. There's two problems with that as well, at least in terms of my perspective. Maybe this is true for you. What I found to be true, even though I was on good terms with a lot of local fabricators here in the Northwest, and there was like a hundred fabricators in the Portland metro area that I competed with. I had been in business long enough. I knew a lot of them, and I was on good terms with most of them. But the fact is, the odd fact was, is that while I did interact with 
a certain number of those on occasion, they were not my go-to. We were still competitors, right? I didn't want to divulge that, hey, I'm like, something's not going right here in the business. You know, hey, how's it going in your business? I just didn't end up having those conversations with my quote-unquote competitors slash peers slash associates, in some cases, slash friends. We were still too close in competition in the same market. And so what I typically gravitated towards was talking to other fabricators around the country. Now, that was nice in the sense that, you know, misery loves company and I always had a listening ear and vice versa. I'd have buddies that'd call me and we'd commiserate together, talk about things, encourage each other. Eh, it's going to be okay. Now, nah, here's what's going on in my business. Sometimes I would even perhaps... And I guess this is the problem. I, I didn't even intend to mention this. Sometimes I would even shade if someone was really struggling. I would perhaps minimize how well things are going in my business because I didn't want to make them feel bad. I wouldn't necessarily always be completely transparent. And the reverse is true. If a buddy of mine across the country is just absolutely killing it and we're struggling, I might admit that things aren't going as well as they could be, but I may not admit fully what's going on. And I think that illustrates the point when we're talking about peer-to-peer, even within our own industry, there are a couple of dynamics at play that even make inter-industry dynamics they're just inadequate to be indicators for us to run our business on. Why is that? Well, I think there's two dynamics. Number one, this is a huge country. The regions of the country don't operate like the rest of the country. The Southeast, the Southwest, the Pacific Northwest, the East Coast, the Midwest. There are certain sectors, certain regions of our country that have economic factors and dynamics going on. Some of it's government related. Some of it's military related. Some of it is like high tech. There are just certain dynamics that are true in San Francisco that are not true in Houston, Texas. There are certain dynamics going on in Los Angeles that are not true of Minneapolis. They're just, they cannot be compared. So that's the first thing. There are regional dynamics that are not necessarily predictive of another region. And to use what's going on in another region to satisfy or to, to find solace. Oh, okay, well, things aren't going very well there. I guess it's okay here. Similarly, when we have other fabricators, which is typically who we're going to be talking to as opposed to trade groups and even trade groups that are assembling surveys of their membership, it is a, an average of the group. You don't get real specific. It, it's generalized because you're taking all of this data and you're averaging it to say, here's the average sales. Here's the average profit. Here's the average headcount. Here's the average payroll. And, and it's useful up to a certain degree to, to determine, hey, am I in the realm you know, of norms? Am I, am I close enough to best practices to be, oh, okay, I think I'm doing okay? It may be useful in that regard, but it isn't useful to the degree to when do I begin making decisions, cost-related decisions, growth-related decisions, reduction in payroll-related decisions? Is it, is it accurate? It's not. It's, it's too generalized even at the industry level. The other reality, if you're talking to specific fabricators, is the markets within the region. If you've got a fabricator in, I don't know, Miami, Florida, who services custom home builders as their primary target customer. Me as a retail countertop replacement company in Portland, even if the regions were the same, the fact that we are serving very different segments of the market sort of invalidates that information. It it doesn't make it, I shouldn't say it, it, it invalidates it, but it isn't necessarily so consistent that it can be useful for making decisions. And so we see that the the global general news is going to be inadequate, too general. We're going to see even the inter-industry 
comparisons as being still general enough to where they may not speak to our specific situation and our businesses. Similarly, the region, similarly, the market within that region that a a particular fabricator serves isn't going to necessarily correlate. And who of us has time to talk to enough fabricators that are consistent and, and, and like enough, you know, like our businesses enough to where over five or six that, that serve the exact same market in a region that's largely the same. It's just impractical. So what is practical? And that's where I'm going with this episode, the leading indicator, quote volume, sales, those two data points within our businesses can be tracked on a day-to-day basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And over time, they begin to build a model that is actually the most predictive information in our business about what is going to happen one month, two months, three months down the road. And if you've got one, two, three months advanced warning, lights blinking, (laughs) the buzzers beeping, ho, ho, hey, whoa, something's changing here in my quote volume or something's changing in my close ratio, that is an indication that I need to start paying attention to that number. And number one, see if I can correct it. Number two, if I can't correct it, start preparing to make adjustments to the business so that I can prepare to stay profitable. So how do you do this? What does it look like? What does it mean to to, to see quote volume as a leading indicator? It's very simple. You can literally start today, fellow fabricator, two aspects of quote volume. Number of quotes produced and sent out in a month and the total dollars quoted. Fellow fabricator, if you start tracking that today, even on a spreadsheet, even on a piece of graph paper, you draw a line, May, May 11th, and you keep track of that until the end of May. How many quotes did we do in the latter two weeks of May? And what was the total dollars quoted? Boom, new line, June. You write that down. You keep track of every quote that you sent out the total dollars, you do that in July, you do that in August, and you continue that through the rest of this year. In three or four months, you're going to see a short-term indicator that would even be useful by the end of the year. If you're averaging $100,000 a month quoted, let's just use big general round numbers for the sake of simple math. I am a stone fabricator after all. Let's just say it's 20 quotes a month, 100,000 in total quoted revenue, and all of a sudden, December, it's 75. Ooh, wow. Now, what does that mean? Well, I do know that it means it's up. For many fabricators, they're so consumed, they're so overwhelmed by the crush of what's on the schedule right now, 175, 50, 25, 250, they don't even have any idea where they stand. But after four or five months of tracking it, you would already realize, hey, I've been averaging over the last five months 100,000. Maybe it's 125, then it's 75, then it's 92, then it's 87, then it's 115. But over the average of five months, it's 100,000, averaging 20 quotes a month. If in December all of a sudden it's at 70 and you only did 14 quotes, that's something to be paying attention to. Remember that quote is going to precede the actual install probably by two months. That is telling you, If that doesn't change, if we have another month at 70, something has changed. And if I can't correct that and improve it, it means that my sales and then my schedule two months from now is going to be off by a similar proportion as long as the close ratio stays the same, which is the second component of this. As you close sales, that's the second 
factor in this leading indicator called quote volume and closed sales that is telling you what your schedule is going to be two months from now. So it's, it's really not complicated. You can make it elaborate. You can make it sophisticated. And, and over time, as we began to expand on this, I got a daily sales report that showed me what the running average was for the month. And the cool thing was, not only did I have the ability to compare to the previous month to see if there was any dramatic change, the other useful comparison is once you've done this for two years, and then three years, and this is what I'm encouraging you to do, because it looks like the next two, three years are going to be really great. But there's no guarantee. Wouldn't it be nice to know that you've got a two-month leading indicator to say, hey, quote volume's off, better start paying attention. Wow, two months in a row, quote volume is off by 30% from the average. Now, that can also be explained by a seasonal pattern. And that's what we saw in our business year after year. We started tracking quote volume and closed sales in May of 2008. After six months of losing our rear end, I guess I'll back up a little bit, tell you a quick story where this came from. 2007, nine consecutive years of uninterrupted growth. We never had a year where the year of didn't exceed the previous year's sales. I had never known anything but continuous growth in our sales. It was fantastic until the very end of 2007. Interestingly, October of 2007, biggest month in my company's history of nine years at that point. And I remember that because we did this huge job for a red robin. It was this laminated full bull nose Dakota mahogany, just amazing. We did that on top of all of our other work. It was a, it was a record month. Record month in terms of sales, it actually ended up being a record profit month. But before I was even able to, to get the financials on that October, things had changed so dramatically in November, we lost our rear end. I mean, I'm talking huge losses. It was as if things just stopped overnight. And it took six months of losing our rear end before I finally started to realize, ah, I'm going to have to do something different. And so at that point, we started going back. I did this profit analysis for a presentation to YEO, Young Entrepreneurs Organization, and I discovered something. What was happening? Our quote volume, something we had never tracked, and our closed sales also something I had never tracked, had been in decline. And I was not adjusting my costs in line with those sales declines. And so our, our costs were out of line with our sales. And so we were losing our rear end. And I had to make some drastic changes to the headcount and to my cost structure. But I also immediately started tracking at that point. It was May of 2008. After six consecutive months of losing money, we discovered this and we began tracking it. So over time, we developed a really crystal clear view that never changed with the exception of COVID. That was the only time in that 13, 14 years where we ever saw an interruption to the pattern. And here was the pattern that developed. Spring was always a massive surge of quote volume and sales. It typically softened in the summer, picked back up in the fall leading up to the holidays. And then it got the toughest, the worst three months of the year were December, January, and February. And there was minor sort of ebb and flow to that. But overall, year after year after year after year, we saw that same pattern in proportion. If you graphed it, the graph was almost always the exact same shape. Now, the volume depended upon economic activity and how much sales we're having, but the pattern never changed. And so in one sense, if my, I expected my sales and my quote volume to be softer in the summer than it was in the spring. And so similarly, when I'm heading into the spring after a really tough winter, I expected 
my quote volume to begin to pick up in February or March or in the latest April. And since I had those years of patterns developed, those were leading indicators. You've got the short-term view comparing this month to last month. Is there any dramatic change? Because there might be, and it might be concerning, and it might be worth looking into. But it also may just be a reflection of the ebb and flow of the seasonality of your business in your region, in your market. And so that's why both of those are really important. In one sense, it gives you the sense of urgency to act if you need to in short order because things are really off. But at the same time, it gives you the confidence to go, oh, no, it always slows down in the summer a little bit. Not to be worried, but I am paying attention. And so... I'm going to just back up and, and just and, and just backtrack here. So here's the value of this. Let's just use this example of $100,000 a month in total quoted revenue, 20 quotes a month. Typically, you've got a two, three, four-week sales cycle before you close the sale. It takes a couple of weeks for them to choose their material. It takes a couple more weeks to get on the schedule. When something changes in your quote volume, it's your first opportunity to go, ho. Oh, Something may have changed. Don't need to necessarily make any decisions about headcount, about costs, but it does tell us we need to start paying attention because one month is not a pattern. <laughs> That's not a trend. In some sense, two months may not even be a trend. There are anomalies. But when we are aware, we are much more able to make decisions that actually impact the profitability of the business. So if in this example, two months in a row, we're at 70,000 quoted and 13 quotes, that is virtually guaranteeing if your close ratio remains the same, if you close the same percentage month after month, if you continue that, that means in two months, actually, if you're two months into it, it means probably in one month, it's going to start translating itself on your calendar, which is still a month worth of advance notice to say, okay, if my sales are down 30% in the month of July, what options do I have to get my costs in line? Now, that's one way that you can adjust the business. The other reaction you might make is, what do we have to do now to make sure that we make up for that 30% difference? How do we go out and find business to fill it in as opposed to getting to the month and going, oh, wow, we're halfway through the month of July and our sales are off by 30%. At that point, ladies and gentlemen, fellow fabricators, it's probably too late to do anything in that month to correct that and your costs are going to be out of whack with your sales and the result of that is going to be a loss in profit. And if it isn't clear, that's the purpose. That's the goal. That's the idea <laughs> is to avoid losses, increase the number of gains to generate a profit through this work. There's too many risks. The work is too hard for there not to be a profit at the end of the month. And so when we're talking about leading indicators, ladies and gentlemen, when there's so much news right now, interest rates and inflation and stagflation and all these words just flying around in the collective mind of, of, of the economy. How does a business owner decipher that? How do you distill? How do you push back on the stuff that isn't useful? And how do you focus on the information that is, is useful for us in terms of making decisions? And ladies and gentlemen, the best leading indicator, the crystal ball, if you will, is your quote volume. So if you haven't been tracking quote volume, Start tracking it today. Lord willing, we'll have two or three more years of fantastic, steady, measured growth in the industry and lots of profit, lots of income, lots of success. But there's going to come a point at which things are going to turn. Cycles repeat themselves, ladies and gentlemen. It's just, it's inevitable. 
For those of you who begin building this quote volume tracking system, measuring your closed sales, you will have a pattern. You will have two or three years of patterns developed and a habit developed of seeing how your business, how your business, not your buddy's business, not the industry's general survey, not what the news is saying, but what your business is doing. And you'll have at least a two month leading indicator, a two month advanced notice to begin paying attention, either making corrections so you can get your sales where they need to be, or you can start planning to make decisions that get your costs in line with what your sales may inevitably be coming. And so, ladies and gentlemen, if you would like help with that, if that's something that's intriguing to you, but you're not really sure where to start, might I suggest you visit AaronCrowley.com. Click on the Work With Me button, the top right of the page, and you can fill out a form that will put you in touch with me. I would love to talk to you. I do coaching at a very high level for stone shop owners. You can also just go to the show notes here in the podcast. There'll be a link there to that form that you can fill that out. Tell me a little bit about your business. Tell me a little bit about what's going on. Tell me what you'd like to improve in your business. Reach out, and I will schedule with you a 90-minute complimentary coaching session. I love coaching. I love seeing impact. I love seeing transformation. I love seeing success in the lives and businesses of owners of stone shops in our industry. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I'm so glad that you tuned in for this episode. Remember, your quote volume and your closed sales is a leading indicator. It's a crystal ball. Make sure you tune in next week for the next episode of the Fab Lab Podcast. Until then, happy fabricating.